Welcome to another episode of DailyStraits.com. This is your host, June Rambi. Today, we are going to speak to Aswara, Associate Professor Technologist, Dr. Azril Ismail, Vice Rector of Academic Affairs. Um, so Aswara is a Malaysian higher learning institution in the performing area, which is supported fully by the Malaysian government under the Ministry of Unity, Culture, Arts and Heritage Malaysia. It is a form of higher learning institution which, is, which provides learning research and academic publishing as well as professional consultant service in arts and culture as well as heritage, which aims to produce a skilled artist and integrity author in their areas besides strengthening the national art heritage. So in principle, Aswara concentrates on art learning to produce educated and professional performance to fulfill their national art industry. So it is uh, responsible uh, for producing graduates that are able to become a mentalist, supporter, inspirer, actor, and pra practitioner of art, culture, and heritage in research and culture conservation and various types of heritage preservations. So without further ado, let's invite uh, Professor, Associate Professor Dr. Asriel Ismail to the show. So thank you so much for joining us uh, in such short notice, and I really appreciate it. So how are you today? I'm fine, thank you, June, Miss June. Uh, weather is good. I'm in good shape of health, and uh, it's it's a, it's a good day to do this uh, dialogue and this said interview. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, so this is like, let's dive right into the question. So okay. let's get to the nitty gritty of how many students does Aswara have today and the best, most popular course that you have on uh, offer at the moment. Already. Uh, Aswara have an estimated of 1,300 students. Uh, these are all the uh, said courses in combination in which they are from certificates all the way towards PhD level. Uh, we have 28 programs in our care. These are arriving from seven faculties, also alongside with foundation, alongside with the postgraduate department as well. So what we're seeing here is uh, a diverse range in terms of performing arts. And in particularly what we see is in the areas of music, dance, theater, film and television. Um, let me see, creative writing, and we have uh, arts and cultural management, and um, yes, uh, all this, uh, and film, uh, of course, we have uh, animation uh, as well in this uh, same courses. So it's a well diverse in the areas of field of uh, arts on this practice piece. Okay, so, so yeah, sorry. No, um, Yes, uh, okay. So we do have all this uh, certification uh, in which, um, for example, we have anywhere from Diploma in Music Arts, Fine Arts, Theatre, Creative Writing. Uh, we have also, just example, we have a degree for music composition, dance, uh, acting, scenography, film and TV, dig digital games and animation. We have Masters in Creative Arts and Doctorate in Creative Arts. So all of this mapping is uh, proportionally is practice-based, in which uh, just a rough... Uh, uh, layout towards there, it's more like a 70% of practice, 30% theory, which is a sort of a shift balance compared to other uh, HEP or higher education providers. 
we do also provide uh, CJ Kemahiran Malaysia, which is SKM, which is a certification, uh, and CJ Seni Creative Aswara from internal as well, which is called the SSKA, and CJ Seni Tradisi Aswara, the SSTA. So these are all the mappings that we have offered towards the said students. Awesome. Okay, so it's uh, so I guess you give uh, you can call your graduate artists, right? Uh, well, they are practitioners. Um, in terms on artists, it remains to to see their career path. So and how they are well dedicated in terms of the rigor and the required uh, areas of the industry. So it's it's a whole lot of a gamut range on what sort of industry that they get themselves involved in. Okay. So basically, there's a notion that, um, you know, those um, working in the art sector, like, you know, have a hard time getting, uh, being gainfully employed because, you know, working as an art, like uh, working in the art sector is based on as and when the opportunity comes. It's not like being a doctor or, law or a lawyer where the jobs are quite, you know, frequent and you also get, you know, you get to go to the office, you know, get employed in the office. So basically, my question is like, you know, um, do your graduates right um, like have a hard time getting uh, employed uh, getting employed after they leave the the institution? Well, it depends on the industry that they are in. Employment requires a certain structure or framework of an industry that supports towards this sort of career path, and also the nature of the uh, disciplinary tracks that they have. It's sort of we have an integration towards a freelance nature or the gig economy. Uh, and also it's a diverse skills and discipline in which have a different sort of dynamics in comparison to a structured industrial tracks that you had mentioned before, just like engineering, law and, and medical studies and so forth. So the resources and actually the invested areas have a, a sort of a different framework on its own. In terms of employability itself, it depends on how they get themselves involved in the rigor of creative field. So monetary or monetized gig economy is something is random. It is geopolitically aligned as well. And the demand of the clientele that comes with it. So it depends on what they do as well. So they tend to be multidisciplinary and also interdisciplinary in practice. Okay, so does your uh, organization, Aswara, conduct any annual survey to get the employability rates of your grads? We do. Uh, do be mindful because of the, uh, the the past few readings. Of course, we know that the uh, the onslaught of the pandemic had sort of uh, gave, um, not to say a false reading, but however, a shifted reading. So current and realistic, it's at 77%. 77% is, uh, I'm just laying down all the cards here, it's because of the impact of, of this sort of reading uh, by nature, because of uh, it, it is a trend that is shifting towards gig economy, digital nomads, and content creations. The numbers are in update, it's not appropriately updated in the survey form because the contemporary trend on creative employment and methods of income generation do not subscribe to be like, oh, here's an employer, hence you are employed. So in short, they find their resources and means of earning through various pockets of projects that they are involved in. So in short, employer employment 
doesn't follow to the conventional understanding. So they are employed in their own ways of towards how they practice. So is it correct to say they have a like a uh, like a real job nine to five, and then they do the the their creative work on the side, or it are, what is the like uh, proportionate of being full time creative workers as opposed to people who actually have a real job, like maybe any nine to five job that just bring in consistent money, and then on top of that they do like their creative work on the weekends or something like that after after night after five. Do you oh, go? It, that deep or well uh in terms of depths of it well all jobs are real job i'll be honest with you on that one um everybody have bills to pay earning this is a trend that is a not to say a trend this is the nature of things creative trends or creative parts are codependent in terms on what they do towards um, risk taking mm -hmm. so this is the nature of creative actions it is always something more on threading into the areas of the unknown not to say to be highly philosophical in terms of how to answer this particular part yes there some of them actually do partake in terms on the um, the bread and butter daily nine to five job or some of them even do part-time jobs and then they do creative works on the side some people on the holistic or or was the idea like why do you do this when it promises very uh, inconsistent way of earning income the reason being is they do it because it needs to be done it's in their blood is actually is in their unsettled mind that the things of this creation needs to be created or uh, actions that is being taken so that they have certain appropriated value in terms on the satisfactory of creation of things so this is how i would narrate it was in creation this has been like this for many perpetually since the industrial revolution itself so how artists are they in terms of employability and so forth it had already been shifted and it's sort of we um have a different dynamics as well okay so most creative workers right they obviously go most of them go on social media and put their work out there and get discovered that way some of them actually come to places like Aswara, get qualification, and then get discovered their way. So what are some of the benefits of getting a qualification from Aswara as opposed to a creative worker who just goes out there and, you know, puts their work out there? Like, what's the, what's the benefit? Like, do you, do you, like, after end of any end of their degree, you match them up with potential projects? Do you do stuff like that? We do. Um, reason being is, um, well, the benefits for graduating from Aswara because uh, by the basis of Aswara is being created as uh, in on the initial stage in 1990 and towards in 1994 is being built as the Academy Seni Kebangsaan, the ASK, and then it became Aswara in 2006 because we have our own Act, Act uh, 653, in which uh, it circulates around the areas of traditional arts as a primary core value. And then the uh, the unique selling point, or actually the unique jewel of Aswara, is because we do have presets of Adi Guru. Adi Guru are grandmasters. These are within the uh, the tradition, the foundation of the traditional art in which they teach Wayang Kulit, and then they do teach Ma Yong, uh, Mek Mulung, and so forth. Because these are actually 
actual practitioners and the Adiguru, these grandmasters are being practicing for more than 30 years. Some of them even reach at 50 years of practice. And they are teaching the kids the core traditional uh, arts value towards that. So with this, it comes as a interconnecting values of specialized knowledge and the needed skill of towards the industry in this sort of limelight. Now, the thing is, once we look at it, because it hasn't much like any other institution that is in the areas of art, just like UITM, USM, and so forth, it has connection from the alumnus, alumni themselves. So far, we have more than 2,000 alumni out there. And by far, a majority of time, if you go off to any creative industry, or oh, are you an alumni of Aswara? Certainly, you hear that echoes around in the background. And then plus as well that we are also the Ministry of uh, Tourism, Arts and Culture affiliated, which means our siblings, which is the Balai Seni, Istana Budaya, uh, Jabatan uh, Kesenian Kebudayaan Negara, the JKKN, Jabatan Warisan Negara and Tourism Malaysia is our siblings. So it's all interconnected as well. So the graduates tends to go off to work to JKKN. They do need, they do need performers. So is Istana Budaya, and then there are some also in terms on management also goes to um, Jabatan Warisan or the Balai Seni itself. So it's all uh, a sort of a pinnacle start and network towards as a feeder to this uh, to these state agencies. And then with that as well, it comes as a strong hand in hand in which as what Aswara role is towards all these state spaces and places. Okay, great. So um, I spoke to a Malaysian actor recently and uh, he told me that Malaysia has no proper accrediting acting school. So only actors, uh, acting classes provided by veteran actresses or actors on an ad hoc basis. So would Aswara take up the challenge in producing its own acting school in the future or you already have one? Like, I don't know. No, we, we do have one. Uh, Aswara has a degree in acting from the Faculty of Theatre. That helps. It, is, it carries many relevant courses that contributes towards acting career as a profession because by principle it has uh, what we call it as the uh, it taught the methods, the methodologies of bangsawan, choreography, voice projection, the musical elements, scenography or the creation of scenes, theatrical play. So it is accredited by MQA, full accreditation. So the degree is recognized globally. So Aswara does have this in, in terms of uh, acting, if that sort of uh, accredited uh, degree or certification that is being mentioned here. So it's yeah. already having that. And plus we do have short courses as well that comes with it, the SSTA, SSK, as mentioned before, Sergei uh, Kemahira Malaysia, that have uh, short bursts or short courses in various um, various pockets of a body of knowledge that has been distributed towards the area of acting. So how long has the acting course been uh, available on Aswara? Um, if I gather it correctly, it's, it's certainly more than five years. Uh, and it runs through accreditation by the MQA because we do need a cycle of uh, auditing that occurs uh, periodically and uh, uh, what we call it as the quality improvement that is needed towards making sure that the courses being taught are relevant of today's needs. 
So are there any famous actors that you can give me names of Malaysian actors who've done the course and have gone out to you know get a movie movie or two? Well, I'm sure they are. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the, the names of the actors. I have to give you the list uh, in a bit because we could, because we do have a whole selection of lists in which it skipped my mind at this particular point in time that we do have alumnus in that runs through from the Faculty of Theatre itself. Okay, so how much does it get? Uh, does it cost to get qualified in Aswara? Is it an expensive? Do you get PTPTN loan or? No. Uh, no, uh, in terms of PTPTN, we don't. But however, the fundamentally the cost of programs in Aswara is already uh, stipulated in our website, which is actually is considered like one of the cheapest for fully accredited, globally recognized certificates. Uh, we do have foundation uh, program in which runs at only eight hundred and ninety-ish ringgit for one year course. You can do your diploma, the whole diploma, anywhere uh, depending on which programs. 5,500 to 5,900 ringgit. The degree is 7,000 to 7,500-ish. Masters at 4,000 plus PhD even at 7,000 over. It is almost jaw-dropping in comparison to our uh, all other IPTs in terms on the prices that is being offered. That's why the sort of way the seats are, are very, very limited to gather all the students to come in towards Aswara. So pretty much it's like one have to rush away and actually see because the fees are very, very low uh, in comparison. And this has been a directive as well as how the Act or the Akta has been built because Aswara is being built to help the community to build, to get themselves out of poverty through the uh, visibly as culture workers or art practitioners that once you graduate from Aswara in which we quote unquote, we uh, certify them as practitioners, it does not only get themselves out of poverty, it gets themselves and their families out of poverty as well. So it's very, very important that our ambition is to make it accessible. What do you mean by globally accredited? So if I get a qualification from Aswara, so I can use it in Berkeley or? Sure, certainly oh. MQ MQA, which is a Malaysia qualification agency. Uh, in which I, I I do as well documentations for them. So uh, for the uh, pembangunan documentation in which we do revamps on certain documents in which I recently done in arts and design, creative multimedia, technology program standards. These are very, very important documents in which the whole Malaysia must adhere to and abide so that it keeps up with the quality that there is an assurance. Any institutions that gathered and gain the full accreditation in which we do have MQA slash FA, which means fully accredited. And then there's a, an assigned number, usually it's four digits, that in which is actually um, certified as recognized by MQA and Board of Governance. And usually it, you can go to Berkeley and say, does your certificate have the MQA accredited? Yes, it's been recognized. It's been recognized and most universities globally uh, would recognize MQA certificate. Okay, so the next question the arts workers, like creative workers in Malaysia are not unionized, making it difficult for them in many fronts. So, especially during the pandemic, pandemic, right, a lot of them were in a jam because not many got EPF money. So would Aswara help the industry in the future on this or it's not Aswara's business? They're just 
there to teach people how to be really good creative workers and that's it well it involves political will certainly uh, and it takes more than just a, a small tiny gear in the whole ballistic of the wheels well if we look at unionized art workers it's different uh, per se to it's not to say only different but it's difficult to actually class it as a unionized sort of movement uh, this perhaps is it should be reserved for another sort of a uh, discourse but because uh, i put it in a summary because art workers or art practices it's freelance nature so there is no uh, directive and it is because of its freelance because due for reason because of the diverse skills and disciplines there are various uh, recognition disciplinary tracks even in create uh, arts and design it has roughly about nine disciplinary tracks in creative multimedia technology we have 12 disciplinary tracks and all of those disperse in various uh, forms of requirements in the industry and also that um, art workers have a different power dynamics in comparison to structured industrial tracks and certainly this is all not just only in malaysia but any country in the world have uh, limited resources and fundings that have an empathetic uh, allocated distribution towards this sort of areas because of all of the mentioned above perhaps it might have a different retrospective if this is looked into uh, as cultural based workers instead of art workers because usually the way on how one looks they might have it tends to have a similar framework as all other industrial track but this perhaps have a better uh, appropriated discourse towards this sort of direction okay i just thought of one thing while you are giving me an answer just now do your aswara give um uh, any course on how to to freelance workers like because the cultural cultural workforce is basically freelance on how to do invoicing how to ask for bill yeah do you have really like uh, it should be under the arts and cultural management we do have uh, what the skm the ssta all the short courses also available to those uh, uh, that is imbued uh, professor ruslan had uh, had introduced one particular project which is going to be up and about soon which is called as the future creative school in which spe specialize in lifelong learning the lifelong learning are in series of various short courses that comes with all of this because there are many many instances no one can be dedicated to two years of not working and dedicated to learning but they can afford like weekend courses or a few days or, or certain tracks or weeks to actually upskilling and reskilling themselves so business or invoicing certainly falls into the areas of arts and cultural management so oh. certainly it has a component towards that awesome okay so what are some of the interesting plans you have for the institution in the future that you can share that's not sensitive or anything well the the directive of the good the good rector himself professor ruslan gave me gave us as uh, so overall two particular simple yet a very tall order words internationalization and digitization uh, these two retrospect, I put it in summary, internationalization is very, very important. It puts a foothold on our, where Aswara stands globally. I mean, we do have uh, our significance on a national level, but we do need to understand how we do in on an international, regionally, 
and also globally as well. But because of this, this is why we do need international students on our floor. So hopefully as well, we have international staff, academic staff on our floor as well. So we can have traditional arts goes beyond just merely uh, in conventionally, um, just only in Malaysia. It can be actually be affiliated elsewhere because traditional arts, it has many homes global on a global scale because I give an example, we do have Studio Gamelan in Chicago. So oh, nice. arts, yes, um, so local or the Nusantara traditional arts is actually uh, highly valued just as well on the Western counterpart. So all of this, we look at it in this way, uh, it doesn't require uh, a Malay or Malaysian to carry Malaysian traditional art. It can be run, it can be appreciated, it, it can be practiced by any particular uh, people with a diverse background as well. So that's what uh, the hopes towards internationalization. Well, digitization is certainly an important piece as well because of all things being expedited since the event of pandemic which comes as a double-edged sword it has its curse and blessing it sort of gave us a realization the importance of having an uh, what we call it as a digital footprint and we know that since the the um, uh, since aswara's establishment we have various assets assets in the sense of uh, recordings digital footprints or videos and also we are looking into the areas of metaverse just as well so that we can understand how things are how body of knowledge are being disseminated on that sort of platform so imagine that we do have contents a lot of contents of not only of malay chinese indian borneo and also of tangentially uh, the regional traditional arts but this is where actually we need to understand how this particular assets can be valued, not just economic sense, but in a centralized way. So this is where we, are, we have ambition to be uh, as a creative hub towards traditional practice. Awesome. Okay, so this comes to my final question. So I want to know what is the demographics of your students? Are they more women or more uh men and then what are the age group like do they come in like after 18 and get a qualification in aswara uh, yes uh, the objective for aswara is uh is in the objective of our playbook in which we are the higher education provider we provide education commonly uh towards after form five or after high school certificate where they leave and have a high school certification um where in which usually after SPM or after STPM, we take students in to run into our foundation, diploma, and also degree and all the way up to PhD. And we have a running on short courses in terms of CGL. It doesn't only limit school leavers, but it also opens up to the workforce as well. Uh, just recently, we graduated um, what was it, the, um, the Navy, Angkatan Tentera Dilat, Malaysia, in which uh, 80 of them graduated with diplomas. Oh, in of, in in it's a wonderful sight to see them in the graduating ceremony because all of them are in their white uniform, handsome and tall, and they are in unison in terms of height just as well. It's so 
confusingly surreal as well. It's like, wow, they are getting diplomas in music. Oh. Because, because all of the uh, uniform bodies have a musical unit. It is part and parcel of increasing morale and also part and parcel of a display of their prowess during the celebrative day as well. So they have a certain function and they use this diploma to uh, for their promotional usage as well. So that's where we have a serving purpose towards that direction. And of course, we do have a, all in the future creative schools where we want it to be a lifelong learning and also upcoming micro-credentials in which it's all of it, it's not limited by for high school leavers anymore. I mean, anyone can actually start learning traditional arts on their own time. So this is where we are mapping out in terms of how, what kind of modulated units that we can offer to the public. Awesome. Okay, with that, I come to the air close. So thank you so much for... I think uh, I, didn't, I didn't answer one particular area. Uh, you did ask about the, uh, sorry, uh, the, uh, the distribution of students. Yes. The current, yes, the current reading is uh, we are at 80% of uh, Bumiputra or Malay. And then we do have 10% of Chinese students and uh, five percent of indian and also the rest uh, roughly about more slightly more than ten percent of uh, people from other states or other races so we are at that sort of a shift but it's going to be a different trend and distribution once we get the internationalization starting to be in the pipeline awesome so um i think we'll uh, wrap up today because i know you have a flight to catch so all right it's, that's it's all all the time that we have for today, we have been speaking to the Aswara Deputy Rector, Professor Azrael. Uh, thank you so much, Prof, uh, for joining us today. Really, really uh, insightful conversation with you just now. Thank you so much. Most welcome. It's a pleasure as well, Ms. June. It's uh, certainly it's enlightening and also a lot of a um, good reminder of things to come as well. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. And the pleasure is all ours, so be sure to catch us the next time as we aim to interview another interesting individual from across the globe. Thank you very much.